Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MPL Victoria pod here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Nick Devano, Lockie Flanagan here with some Unbelievable. very good music. This guy has, has one, one run on ESPN. He's already going for the first take style song. Well, we're, we're I left we're it in his hands. Hey. He was like, what music do we want to use? I'm like, it's do you in know, your hands, mate. This do you is know what, what playlist got. I found this on? Like, take a guess. I don't want to know. It was called, I can see it on the screen. Was, I don't want to answer this it question. It was called Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, beautiful. So we're, we're Great start to up. an NPL Victoria podcast. Well, we had to fight Traditionally, some. a footballing league. Yes. Real football. Yes, yes. But we just need to get fired up here. We need to get excited. There's a lot of exciting things happening today. It's our first ever episode here on FNR Football it Nation is. Radio. They always say that, say that the uh, the best time to start is 18 rounds into the uh, the Premier Men's competition. No better time Absolutely. to start Absolutely. Well, that. the call went out. They said we need some more MPL Victoria content out there. And as it's true. You know, you can't have enough podcasts in the, in the realm of MPL Victoria. And today, Lockie, we can't kick this off in an even bigger fashion than what we've got set up right now. In about five minutes' time, we'll be joined by Oakley Cannon's uh, striker and Golden Boot leading forward, Wade Decker, who is going to join us fresh off scoring a hat-trick on the weekend, Lockie, against Altona Magic. He was unbelievable, and he has been all season. So looking forward to chatting to Wade in a few minutes' time. We'll also be uh, getting a few special guests in throughout the, the, the evening to sprinkle in their thoughts of the weekend. We had some some of our good friends of the show, Lockie, including our producer, Oscar, who is a uh, out there right now. Actually, not. We'll say good day to Oscar. He's actually mic'd up outside. Oscar, can you hear me, mate? Can you hear me? Give us a give give us a, a little bit. You got your mic out there. I, I can hear you. There we go. Welcome, welcome to the show, Oscar. Great to have you on. Thank thank you. I appreciate that. How are you, Nick? I am feeling fantastic, mate. Fantastic that we're all here today. We're all ready to go for a a new show. Obviously, you've seen quite a bit throughout the weekend and we'll be getting to you a little bit later on because you've been keeping your eye on a certain academy team as well and we've had some questions come through about him as well so Oscar we'll come back to you a little bit later on in the show and uh, we'll uh, delve into that in probably about half an hour or 40 minutes time yeah looking forward to it I mean Oscar has been keeping his uh, his ears to the ground where the NPL3 is concerned so too Josh Parrish who will join us later not only to talk about the NPL3 but about our match of the round, and that's our commitment. We're always going to try and yes. get someone who is involved with the match of the round to, to come and speak to us. And this week, it was absolutely Heidelberg United up against the Melbourne Knights. The Burgers running out 3-2 winners, but we'll leave that game for now. We'll save the best till last. Yep. Nick, it was a, a big weekend of fixtures that we've got to run through. Shall yep. we start in chronological order before we get to Wade and Josh later? We shall. We'll go a bit of a speed round, I reckon, because uh, we... We haven't timed our uh, – we, we've got our timings a little bit wrong, just getting things all set up. So we're going to go Well, bit, what do you expect? We started this 18 rounds into the yes, NPL but, men's but, but season. but also, so. like, we'll go a little bit later. We'll, we'll go beyond the 7 o'clock and we'll uh, we'll make sure that we can uh, get into everything properly. But, Lockie, let's start off chronologically, shall we? Yeah. Let's well, start off on Friday night. It all kicked off Friday night, 8 p.m., Green Gully 1, Avondale 1. Well, now you were there. I was there alongside Katie Lambeski. And I can, t- I can tell you honestly – this was one of, obviously, you always have big expectations with a fourth v fifth fixture. Yes. Right? Anytime two teams are not only in the final spots, but alongside one another on the table, your expectations are always high. This game was genuinely one of the best games that I have watched all season. It, it was a bit of profligacy on the count of both sides, short of being a for-all thriller that dominated the conversation all week. Because it was it was two teams 
uh, Stephen Downs' Green Gully and Zoran Markovsky's Avondale, who played in a really – they're known for playing a, a sort of a positive possession mm. brand of football. And what happened was they didn't shy away from that at all. You know, either team could have been forgiven for going, oh, we'll play it a little bit more conservatively because this team likes to play the same way as us. Let's try and, you know, um, suffocate them. But nope, this was high octane, frenetic, like high pressing from both sides, uh, 90 minutes of, of football. And I think Green Gully were actually the better side, the better side on the day. They were absolutely blitzing Avondale in th- inside the opening 30 minutes of this game. Avondale could barely get the ball out of their own defensive half for the yeah. first 15. Uh, Gully had a goal inside the opening two minutes ruled out for offside. Eventually, they did find the breakthrough through Luke Jago, a very, very nice finish into the top right corner in transition, which was a deserved lead for them. And then I think right after that, on the other side of things, Yusuf Ahmed hit the post and I think Stefan Zinni missed an open goal from the same play. And then Alex Salmon had a penalty. He missed the penalty, which is something you almost never say about, <laughs> about Alex Salmon. And... Look, he will live, I think, to to rue this one for a very, very long time because obviously he doesn't score that penalty. Could have made it 2-0 right before the break. And then after a much more even second half, Avondale really turned things around. They made a triple substitution with Kalalu Kamara, Joey Katabian and Stefan Valentini all coming off the bench in one swoop mm. to really, really balance things out. And eventually, after getting a few chances on goals, Manny Agwek scoring in the 90 90th minute yeah. to save a point. But it was just unironically, wow, what a game. Well, it was. And, I mean, for Avondale, it's not been an ideal season for them on uh, on two fronts, Lockie. We know that we're not only playing for one trophy. We're actually playing for two. And um, they've let slip at least uh, being in command of the 2021 championship that they fought so hard to, you know, get the – to get the chance of competing for this season or be rewarded as being the Premiers. Um, But unfortunately for them, this season as well, it hasn't gone to script. I mean, they're fifth. They're still in finals contention, but they're 12 points behind South Melbourne and seven point or eight points, sorry, behind Oakley. So they're right off the pace and looking like they're going to be competing at least for an elimination final this year. Um, They're going to announce the new signing though. So we we did promise that we are going to wait until after 7 p.m., and we're going to find out exactly who this new signing is. Well, I notice. Uh, look, let's see what happens at full time. But I notice in the little graphic they used that the the G was there was a little tiny hollowed out you, G behind it. And Easter so I'm eggs. wondering if GG are maybe the initials. I'm thinking. Look, I, I could look like an idiot by the time we get to to seven p.m. GG. How many how many players do you know with the the initials GG? Uh, there's not many. Georgios Jakimakis, who plays well, for yeah, Celtic. That's, we can probably draw one, a line through him. Play for but Avondale, Italian club, mm-hmm. probably need a defender. They've mm-hmm. had none of their defenders up till uh, Friday night had played more than 13 games of a possible 18 this season. So they've been really, really injury hit. And that's part of the reason their downturn has been the way it has this year. But an Italian, you know, defender with Italian roots, former A-League experience, Giancarlo Galafuoco. Yeah. Perhaps. Potentially. I could look in, in, in forty five minutes time I could look like a fool, but that's just uh just something I'm gonna a little prediction I'm gonna throw out into the wind. But yeah, the twenty twenty one title is also well and truly under threat because there's one game left to go. Oakley are on top. One game left to go mm. for both of these sides. Uh Oakley have got to play South Melbourne 
at Lakeside. That's their final 2021 catch-up game, while Avondale will play Port Melbourne. So two tough games for those two sides to close out. But Oakley currently two points ahead with one 2021 game left to play. Mm. It's going to be interesting when it comes down to it in a few weeks' time. So I think Oakley play first from memory. I think they play South Melbourne in a couple of weeks. And then Avondale play Port Melbourne about a week after that. Um, Lockie, we're still waiting for Wade Decker, so we'll continue with the review of the round for the time being. Uh, St. Albans and Bentley, nil-nil in under lights. Yeah. At, at, at Churchill Reserve. So under we lights. haven't seen I, under I, lights before in St. Albans, but it's a nice little change. It looked, it looked pretty good, to yeah, be honest with you. I, I, I enjoyed it. I did. I checked it at half time because I thought, oh, I, you know, you, you always wonder how a pitch is, is going to look under lights. You just always have that curiosity. It's like, I wonder... What would, what would Gardner's Creek Reserve exactly, look like under lights? Exactly. These are the, these are the kind like of things that, you know, um, pique, pique my interest. And to be honest, it, it looked pretty good. Unfortunately, on the scoreboard, the game didn't quite deliver no. the Friday night under lights spectacle that, mm. that many would have been hoping for out at, at Fox Street. But, you know, that's a, a good result in the end for, for St. Albans to take a point off the Bentley Greens. I'm I'm not surprised that it happened because... We know how sort of compact of a team St Albans are, and sometimes, you know, when you're a possession-based side, we've seen Avondale actually uh, have struggles with St Albans earlier this season for similar reasons. When you do come up against those compact sides who make themselves hard to break down, it's not always easy to get to get the cut through. And I think this showed for for Bentley this time around, and unfortunately for them, they drop out of the top six as a result. And obviously, it's still neck and neck between them and Burgers for that final yeah. spot in the top six. By the end of the year, it might end up being someone else. But it would really be crazy to think about it, to have the reigning champions. From 2019. To have the reigning champions of the MPL Victoria miss out on the finals. Well, it's funny because I made the joke last year that when Bentley, when when the season got cancelled, that Bentley winning, still being champions is like, Everyone used to watch wrestling as a kid, or still watch wrestling. I don't know. Some people still watch wrestling. I do not. But, you know, go you know, for it, Nick. You know Fill how, your like, in wrestling, when the, it's a title match, the the champion has to be pinned, and they can technically lose the match by disqualification, but the title doesn't change hands. So they'll get hit by like a steel chair because the other person get really frustrated, hit him with a steel chair, or, or like you know they'll or they'll lose. No, sorry, Bentley lose by disqualification. But they're still champions. Well, I said, so like they don't get pinned, mm. and they're still champions. They technically lost the match, That's so true. they're technically champions all the way through until now. That's the analogy I thought. So it's like you know how it was always like, and the winner of this match is such and such. Well, but still, <laughs> on that subject, on that subject, actually, I do know exactly what you're talking about. On that subject, I realised this week we've played as many games this season as we played in 2021. So we've yeah. officially reached it. This weekend, we will clear the bar for the amount of games played. And, I mean, having looked back at this season, it would have almost been enough to, to declare a, a, a champion, to declare a winner. So maybe mm. Bentley Green's a bit lucky to stay on that. As but I, I, I said, you know, it's a battle between them and Heidelberg for that final spot. I mean, Avondale are only on 31 points. Green Gully only on 32. There's four points separating fourth all the way down to seventh and then a yeah. buffer of five points between Bentley and Altona. So... The Greens, are, they're out of the 6-4 now, but they're not completely out of it. No. There's no guarantee. I think I think the final six will probably 
stay as it is now. Of course, there is still... Lucky we haven't gotten into predictions yet. There, is still, you, mid, you're going there is still mid-season transfer windows to go, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it stay as it uh, as it does, but maybe with Heidelberg even pushing up the table because they're in red-hot form. Well, Bentley, um, Bentley announced the signing today of Christopher Drustus from the Eastern Lions. Will Costa follow there? That's the question. Well, they're a package deal. Uh, Costa hasn't seen the pitch at all this season for Eastern Lions. He's been injured. The two of them have had rotten luck with injury. Yes. But Chris Drusus returning to Bentley where he started his career and obviously uh, rose to prominence at Eastern Lions in their promotion push and has been one of their better players when he's been on the pitch. But it's been a question of actually staying on the pitch. Mm. For him, it's not been a matter of what he can do when he's on it. Well, Nick, on the subject of of. Uh, of the Drutzis twins. Shall we move over to Gardner's Creek? Because you were there yes, for a I relegation <laughs> six-pointer, probably the most important fixture for both of these sides, yeah. particularly for the Eastern Lions. This was pretty much do or die for them. And unfortunately, you know, Eastern Lions nil, Dandenong City two. It looks well, like uh, they might be dead. Yeah, I. it would take an absolute miracle and that's even putting it lightly. I, what, what's beyond the miracle? Is there anything beyond the miracle out there in the in the whole wide world? I don't even think so. I think the miracle is the first you can go. It would take a miracle on top of a miracle. It would take basically um, Andrea Lombardo walking across water and then him, you know, feeding, you know, taking two fish and five loaves and feeding a thousand people. Goodness me. Um, for them to stay up this season. It has been a rotten year for them and their form has just not been anywhere near it. 15 games now without a win. Um, their last win coming all the way back, I think now in, we'll be back in round three. Um, and they started the season relatively okay. Like they looked all right against Oakley in those early games. They got that win, but my God, they've been disappointing, especially at home. Well, what about they, in, in, in this they, game, Nick? Did they put yeah, up well, much well, of a fight is, against This is Andy the interesting City? part. So looking at this game, there were moments when you thought Eastern Lions were actually on top. In the first half, they actually looked all right. Like there were some moments when you thought, okay, they're pushing, but their final ball is, is lacking. But there were some very, very questionable decisions on the team sheet from Andrea Lombardo. Um, not starting Ryan Losty, who is their top goal scorer this year and is easily their best player. Charlie Fry on the bench as well, which again, what are you doing there? Like we know they've gone for the kids this year. They've kind of accepted where they are. And they've gone for the more youthful approach. Yeah, well, but this had, was uh, a game that they could win. This is a game they had a really good opportunity mm. to win this game. They Their final ball lacks so much. And Marcus Demanche, if he's not doing it, when Ryan lost, he's not there, then forget about it. You know, the yeah. others aren't going to be able to pick up the slack. Ioannis Georgiopoulos worked, worked his tail off, but he couldn't get the ball into good areas. And with Steven Tapalovic back for Dandy City, who was just marshalling everything yeah. and just not allowing... He was brilliant yeah, the week he was, before he was as well. sensational and easily, in my opinion, man of the match. But we're, we're burying the lead. The, the goal that gave Dandy City the lead was absolutely incredible because when Dandy City broke, they always looked threatening because yeah. we've seen Eastern Lions defense is, is leaking goals like a sieve at the moment. Um, so we saw, you know, the, the ball come out in a clearance, you know, great ball into the area for Marco Dalic and Cooper Legrand. What a finish it was. Just, it wasn't really a bicycle or a scissor. He just kind of threw his foot at it and it went over his back shoulder and in. And from there, Dandy City always looked like that they were going to at least win the game. As much as there was like a five to 10 minute push where Eastern Lions looked like they were starting to build their way into the game, it never really felt like they were going to score. And that was concerning for me. Um, even when they brought, they made a triple change. They brought on Ryan Losty. They brought on um, the young fella, Alessandro uh, 
Jesus, his name's forgetting me. D'Amelio? D'Amelio. Uh, some D'Amelio who got injured after yeah, only a Italian, minute. Nick. You can't forget things like that. I was about to call him... Um, Most people don't know how to pronounce it. You've got to be there. I was about to call him Migliorini for a second, but I realised <laughs> it's D'Amelio. Look, it, it's late, but my brain's fried. And they also brought on the youngster Mullins as well, and they went for the game, and they started to ask a few questions of the Dandy mm. City defence, but they weren't able to open them up. And you could see the frustration building and building. They were winning a lot of set pieces. They were... You know, Adam LePage, I think, maybe had about eight or nine free kicks. It was unbelievable the amount of chances they were getting uh, from dead balls, but they weren't able to do anything with it. And then the goal they conceded, well, from our position, if you've commentated at Gardner's Creek Reserve or you've been to Gardner's Creek Reserve, if you're not on the grandstand side and you're on the scoreboard side, it is very hard to see when the sun's setting what's happening on the far side because the sun is right directly in your eyesight and you cannot see a thing. So... The ball apparently went out before the cross came in to Delano Ferro for the winner. Really? Costa Stratomitros lost it. And when I mean so lost it, when I mean he lost it, he blew a gasket. He had had enough. The frustration just boiled over. You know, the Dandy City players, they they were giving it to the they were sort of riling up Stratomitros. The frustration was boiling over. Gets a yellow card for shoving one of the Dandy City players when they were celebrating. I don't know. I forgot which player it was, but he, he shoved him in the commotion, then was mouthing off at the referee. Now, mind you, the Eastern Lions players were at the referee all game. You know, the referee made some questionable decisions, but nothing, there was nothing really. There was a one moment where Charlie Fryer copped a whack in the face. But there was nothing really in terms of like a missed penalty or anything. But yeah. with that one, with the linesman not seeing the ball was potentially out, it did cost them a goal. Stratometros went over to the referee. He was yelling, he was yelling, he was yelling. Referee had enough. Gave him a second yellow in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And off he was. Well, because I saw, I saw this. I wasn't able to watch the Saturday afternoon games, but I was watching it back on, on Sports TG. And uh, I was trying, I was like, yellow card 69th minute, red card 70th minute. Like, mm. what has happened here? But yeah, just crazy. Like, y- often you see the referee sort of exercise a bit of discretion after they've booked someone for dissent initially. They're like, okay, you can have a few seconds of mouthing off and. I'll let you sort of get it out of your system, but you've got the card there. Yeah. But no, not not this time. Second yellow. Yeah, he was Crazy. just gone. And then after that, you know, the life was kind of sucked out of the Eastern Lions. And Lockie, I was amazed having a look at this stat, but they haven't got a single point at home this season. Oh, a just... single point. They have lost each of their last 10 games at home, a run that goes back to June last year. It's looking likely it's going to peak up. Sad, isn't it? It is really sad because they have played more players than any other team this season. They've they've looked towards the youth. They've given a lot of kids opportunities. Um, based off what I've been told by the club, they are going to announce a few signings in this transfer period. There were a couple that have to remain unnamed that were were doing run-throughs and warm-ups with the players before the game. There were some that were there. But again, that has to stay under wraps for now. I but mean, they will announce them in the coming days. They're hoping they'll be playing this weekend. But looking at their run... Their form, they haven't won in 15. They're seven points inside now. Um, Andrea Lombardo's not been able to, to get the team back on side after, you know, obviously taking over from Kosti Pushkashu. I can tell you're getting ready to... Uh, and um, I think I think that the, the writing's the on the roll, Lockie. Mm. I think that they're getting ever closer towards the drop and um, it's a matter to see who joins them because Dandy City, on the other hand, Lockie, well, we're, we're not talking enough about them. I mean, with by making the bold decision of not starting Gavin Denise and, and going with a different look in midfield, 
they looked really good. Like defensively, they looked better with with uh, Steven Topalovic in the team. It's certainly going to help them out in terms of getting important points. Um, going forward, they looked threatening. They had a couple really good chances. Marco Dalic probably should have made it three. Um, you know, uh, John McShane got himself in a couple of decent areas. We know he hasn't had a great season. Um, but there's enough quality in that front line that really can cause damage between Delic, uh, Faro, uh, Legrand. There's a lot of exciting yeah, Legrand's players. A, Legrand's an interesting one. He's a, he's a mercurial talent yes. for me. Like he's, he's ceiling, uh, even back from his sort of uh, Kingston days uh, when they were, you know, relegated in, in the NPL. Like his ceiling is very high. Like he's a, he, he's yeah. got the ability at n- not just technically but sort of the the football brain, you know, to, mm. to be a super player. But it's about that sort of A, staying healthy well, yeah. and B, getting consistent output. Yeah. But his and best is, as we saw on the weekend with that goal, really good. Yeah, and also, you know, shout out to Brady Quinn, who I thought was very good in the yes. midfield as well. He's been a very handy pickup for them. Has so been. They're looking all right under Luban Palanich, who has taken over on interim basis uh, since uh, Mickey Chulina left the club. Um, he's got the team playing is it enough, Decent football. Is it enough? I, I, I still worry because it is a three. Well, it's now really a two-horse race to stay up. It's really between them and Hume City. And, look, they beat Hume a few weeks ago. You called that game. Um, obviously, the big thing for them that Dandy City have is they have a lot of players with a lot of individual quality. Nick Kalmar, um, as we mentioned, Legron, we mentioned Farrow, we mentioned Brady Quinn. They've got match winners, and that's key in these sort of games. That's what they had in Eastern Lions in have. Eastern Lions in have a player who could pick the game up with the scruff of the neck and get them over the line. And we've seen a lot of games this season. You know, we've seen some, some good signs in some games, especially early in the season against Oakley, the reverse fixture against Oakley. They've shown some signs that they can, they, they can cause some problems. But the issue is that once they concede, the heads drop, they get frustrated, and the quality just isn't there. So, unfortunately for them, it's looking like they're going to probably be going down. While well, the, Hume, other, the other thing to consider, though, about, about Dandy City is what did they do in 2019 or in 2019 when they were in the same position? Well, they stayed up. They stayed up. But mm. do you remember how they did it? Yeah, they made some very, they very signed handy signs. Adrian here. Leia, Carl Valeri, and, and Brendan Sandler. Yeah. They have form for, for the big name sort of relegation-saving mm. signing. I know. I know the the window is a lot later this time around. Could they do it? Potentially, is it something they could consider? Potentially. Worried we're going to get claimed by ESPN. <laughs> Kevin Harlan. <laughs> you just spoke about TNT. Kevin oh. Harlan's on TNT, Lockie. Uh, see, I don't no. know enough basketball. This is, this is uh, well, I need to I, stop I, making I, references. Way, this is royalty free music, Lockie. We, what do you think we are? You think we, we, we uh, you know, you think we use I'm expecting, use? I don't know, Kenny the Jet Smith to start speaking now. <laughs> I have some really strong opinion. Like Mike Breen or something <laughs> like that's going to just yell, bang. All right, Lockie. Uh, so, unfortunately, for those watching at home and listening, um, we haven't been able to get a hold of Wade Decker. So, it looks like we're not going to be able to get him on this week. We'll try to move him on for next week. But um, we do have our own six degrees of separation person joining us to Wade Decker because we've got the next best thing. The man who played Church's Leagues against Wade Decker, uh, Josh Parrish, who will, who will join us shortly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Josh will be able to tell us all about the our game of the round between Heidelberg and 
Melbourne Knights on Sunday yes. down at the Olympic Village. Josh was one of two commentators that were down there on Sunday. Well, Obviously, no, one. You, one. One. He was supposed to be one of two. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about FV. I'm talking ah, about one of two streams. Well, three commentators because yes. you're not mentioning John Fodenos as well. Oh, as sorry, Greg I Blake. meant play-by-plays. I mean, we've got... So, got to feature them all. All right, so... He was one of three commentators, but one of two commentators. Wherever, if you weren't there, you caught it on MPL.TV or if you caught it on um, HUFC TV, um, you know, with, uh, with Greg Blake. Um, I'm sure that was – either way, however you caught it, it was certainly an entertaining game nonetheless. Anyway, though, before we do that, we've got two more NPL Victoria men's Absolutely. games to, to whip through. I was through. just getting to that one, Where should we won? start? Because we had two Saturday 7 p.m.s. Uh, Hume City 1, South Melbourne 3, probably the easiest yeah, place well, to start. Yeah, well, I was going to say, we just came out of Eastern Lions, Dandy City. We may as well just go to Hume versus South Melbourne because that game had permutations at both ends of the table. It did. It did. Uh, South Melbourne keeping themselves nice and comfortable. Quite a, quite a comfortable win. Three goals yes. in the first half. Yeah. Easy as you like. Marcus Schroen, though. Oh, my goodness. What a goal. Yeah, well, doing it against his uh, old club, always yeah. good to see. I j- my favourite thing about his goal. <laughs> that he took it off the feet this of Alan Webb. This is the Webb. way he stole it off Alan Webb. Like, Alan Webb took this great first touch to set himself for a right-footed shot. Maybe might have even had a chance to go into his left, set someone up. But off he marched. <laughs> In fact, he didn't even get the chance to march off. Marcus Schroen just saw the ball laid down to him perfectly and he thought thanks very much Webby I'll uh, smack that one off you and he did he scored a ripping goal and it was funny to watch that South Melbourne put out some like secondary camera footage from behind the goals that showed Alan Webb uh, as the goal went in and he was celebrating a bit Mm. but like not as much as you might expect and I can kind of understand that but yeah uh, look uh, South Melbourne maybe could have had a, a few more goals in this game, mm. but a good result for them. It keeps them top. I mean, Hume lose. Yes, they're back in the relegation zone, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's the end of the the world. No. I mean, they've played two very solid teams back to back, and I mean, at least against Avondale, ran them very very close. But the reason I say it's not all doom and gloom for for Hume is that was an <laughs> accidental rhyme. I, apologies to everyone who's watching or listening. Uh, looking at, I just took a took the liberty of looking through the ah, runs yes. home for both Hume and Dandy City. Hume City, the reason I'm not so nervous for them is because let's start with Dandy. Final games of the season. Dandy Derby, Dandy Derby this Saturday. Yeah. City then go on to play Oakley, Altona, Port Melbourne, Heidelberg, Avondale, South Melbourne, and Bentley Greens. Mm-hmm. So they're playing pretty much all the teams in the top end of the table. They're, they're playing the top eight teams with the exception of Thunder. The only team they're not playing in that list is Gully, yeah. who they already lost 4-1 to. So that is that is about as tough of a run home as you could hope to have because even the easiest game there, which you would say is probably Altona Magic, they are still a really, really solid defensive team, super, super hard to break down. So that's a tough run home. Hume, on the other hand, Bentley Green's this weekend, not an ideal game, but if they approach it the right way, they can get a result because they have been more competitive. Knights, St. Albans, Heidelberg, Green Gully, Eastern Lions, which is crucial, mm. Dandy Thunder, and Oakley to end the season. I don't know. One of those seems a lot more straightforward of a run home than, than And it seems like Hume City are playing Eastern Lions on their preferred deck, a.k.a. Gardner's Creek Reserve, because Eastern Lions have just not been able to, to get anything there. Um, I think, as you, as you mentioned, right now it's only one point separating Dandy City and, and Hume City. It's certainly one race to keep an eye on. I wouldn't say that it's definitely over by any stretch. We know that there is still eight games to go or 
Well, sorry, but eight games? Yeah, eight games. I'm just trying to get my maths right for a second. But yes. eight games left. Um, a lot on the line there between those two teams. I get a feeling it's going to go right down to the wire between the two of them. I'm very curious to keep an eye on what mm. signings come in for both yeah, teams. Yeah, it does also depend on who, well. who comes in. I mean, Hume have already welcomed back a uh, familiar face in Harry Monaghan. Yes. So he comes into the defence. Yes. But Dandy City might be priming themselves for well, some Steve, even bigger levels than that. Just on Dandy City, like bringing Steven Topalovic back is like a new signing. It is. Arsene, Arsene Wenger like would signing. definitely say if he was Dandy City manager yeah. that he is like a new signing. Let's quickly race into Dandy Thunder versus Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne winning again 2-0. They're the real surprises of this season. They've always been thereabouts in the finals race, but they are really pushing this year in third. Best defense in the competition. Not necessarily the best attack, but they get the job done based off, you know, working off that amazing defensive record they've got. They put the game away in the first half with goals from Ross Archibald and Jordan Courtney Perkins. Nonetheless, big win for them. Dandy Thunder in that mid-table purgatory at the moment. They're not like in the race for finals right now, but they're not in the hunt to get relegated. They're just sort of comfortable in the middle. I think, unfortunately, we did have a, a good stretch where it was like from the top four down really, really tight from like fourth down to 10th. We have sort of seen, um, you know, the wheat from the chaff kind of separate Mm. a little bit. And so now we do have that five-point gap between the Greens in seventh and then Altona in eighth. Yeah, unfortunately, I think Dandy uh, Thunder season, which just started with so much promise, has petered out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, No no doubt the injury to to Florent Andalessio early on uh, hampers things because he's the, the kind of guy that you build around. I'm pretty sure he's back in... France now actually recovering um, from from the injury, so that that doesn't help. But yeah, it just hasn't hasn't quite clicked. I think for for David Chick at, at Thunder, I don't know. It feels like though. there's a. I, I still really rate David Chick very highly. Uh, I still think maybe it's a longer term thing. They can go on to to build next season. But yeah, there's just a little bit of my read of the the weather vane at George Andrews. Is there's a little bit of of discontent. But yeah. look, the focus should be less about Thunder at the moment. It should be more about Port Melbourne. The who Sharkies. are putting together an excellent season. And it's funny because you say they haven't scored that many goals. And yes, it is true. I think they've scored the least amount of goals of any side in the top six this year, albeit by a margin of two behind Green Gully. But they're still a good side. Like, they're still a good side to watch. They play a nice brand of football. They could certainly score more goals than they have. And they did obviously... Uh, go through quite a long period of the season, missing their star striker in Chris Duggan, who is now back. Did get an injury, though. Yeah. So he's touch and go for this weekend. But they're they're playing a really good brand of football. They're defending really well. Josh Wilkins has looked excellent. The people they've brought in have really, really made this side quite strong. Luca Tafir has been really solid as well. And, yeah, they scored a very pretty goal for their second, and they'll go into that game they've got this week. Um, against the Oakley Cannons, full of confidence. And I don't know if they fancy themselves game. for three points, and it's they'd be into second. Yeah, and who well, would have thought that at the start of the season? Well, they good would. segue, Lockie, because let's talk about Oakley. Obviously, we haven't got Wade tonight, the man who did score a hat-trick on that game. It yeah. seems like when he scores, he only scores in uh, well, he bags. Literally, he literally does. only scores hat-tricks. Um, his three goals were enough to get the three points against Altona Magic. Very weird seeing an Oakley game on a Saturday night, talking about difference in uh, scheduling. Obviously, yeah. Friday night at St. Albans, Saturday night in Oakley. Um, another win for them right now, right in amongst it with South Melbourne, but right in the still 
not clear of Port Melbourne, as you mentioned. They needed the win because they hadn't won in their last three games. They'd lost at home against Heidelberg, the draw against Thunder, the draw against Eastern Lions. A very, mm. very important win for them. And Wade Decker just continuing his really solid form. Some lovely taken goals. Their attack is still very much in full throttle right now. Defensively, you know, they've been a bit susceptible in the past few weeks, but much needed three points coming up against Altona's side who have, along with Eastern Lions, the worst attack in the competition this year. Only 14 goals. A good defense, but going forward, they're really lacking. Yeah, and none of unfortunately, none of the striking options that they've either brought in this season or midway through last year have, have clicked for them. Dimi Hatsimaratis hasn't really worked. Peter Skipetis, I think, has been... Um, a bit of a what? What's the word for a transfer that doesn't go the right? A bust. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. Well, you could and just said it, Lockie. No, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Escape my grasp. Um. And Tommy Semi has been really promising, but he just can't finish. He's yeah. got all the other attributes, but it's just the final final touch that's mm. letting him down, unfortunately. But he is a good player. I think he can still show something. But yeah, that's been a big issue for them. But yeah, Wade Decker, he has scored 14 goals for the campaign. Outright lead at the moment. He scored. 10 of them in three games. Incredible. Three hat-tricks and one of them a four-goal haul against Avondale. It's just, it is a quite ridiculous they, they come season in waves, he don't is they? they yeah. Really, they come in waves. Um, Lockie, we've got to continue rushing through these games, so let's get to our game of the round. It was Sunday afternoon at Olympic Village. Two old rivals going head-to-head. Heidelberg United, three. Melbourne Knights, two. The man who was all over it on Sunday afternoon. He was uh, supposed to be joined by Craig Filer on Sunday. Uh, we're not forgetting about that. Uh, Josh Parrish, welcome back to FNR. Great to have you on board today. Um, a really, really fun contest on Sunday afternoon. I can't believe you gents have just outed Craig Filer after he's been <laughs> watching the stream. I've seen his comments popping up. Oh, that's absolutely brutal. No, um, Craig has got it to miss it, I'm sure, because it was such a splendid game. Uh, I had the solo call, of course, uh, Blakey and Jay fought on the Heidelberg stream to, to keep me company. Um, and it, they were absolutely wrapped with Heidelberg's performance. And so they should be because that was the best I've seen Heidelberg play all season, especially in the first half. Uh, they were really dynamic and yeah, it was a fabulous game. Really, really end to end. Great, great watch on a Sunday, Arvo. What were your thoughts, I guess, on that first half, uh, Josh? I mean, they, they surged out of the blocks. Kane Shepard, Adrian Zara, Sean Ellis, you know, really putting them, you know, on the front foot early. I guess, what were some of those things that you really liked from Heidelberg in this game? Was it mainly what they were doing going forward? Yes, uh, I think they've, occasionally being a slog to watch this season, even when they've been competitive because uh, they rely a lot on set pieces and just the endless barrage of long throws, which has worked for South Melbourne. But I think it's been a mixed bag for Heidelberg this season. Uh, Reuben way wasn't in the starting 11 uh, this week. He's their usual long throw specialist. And they only attempted one. I think they tried to do a bit more in open play. Uh, and I think it worked for them. The other big factor for them uh, is the return of Sean Ellis to full, yep. full full fitness. He clearly, his body was not right to begin the year and he was in and out of the starting lineup. Um, so, you know, he's, he's their, their playmaker, their technical wizard, but also Josh Pinn starting to, to find his form. Uh, he might be the fastest player in the league. Uh, you know, he's taken a little while to settle, but his speed was absolutely unbelievable, breaking the line, getting in behind Knight's defense in every transition opportunity. Every time Steve Bebich's side tried to step up and play a higher line, 
the uh, Josh Pin was just outpacing them, and he got in behind twice for two assists in the first half, and just looked a genuine menace. So um, yeah, positive signs for for Heidelberg to be sure. I also think, and it's not Luka Ninkovic's fault, the, the, his mere presence on the field seems to tempt his teammates into more long balls. Uh, but the fact that he was on the bench meant their only obvious target man up front was Kane Shepard, who we know likes to drop a lot deeper, play with his back to goal, pick up the ball in, in deeper areas and combine rather than stand and, and contest with the centre-backs. And that led them to keeping the ball on the deck a lot more often. Um, so they were, they were much better to watch. Um, and yeah, the intensity and speed that they played with, especially on the counter-attack, was fabulous. Well, if you are watching in uh, via the Facebook Live or Twitter or Twitch or wherever it is you may be coming through. Keep, make sure you keep your comments coming through. If you've got any questions for Josh as well, feel free to let us know. Uh, Craig Filer, I just want to touch back on him because we've already put our first <laughs> nose out of joint here. Uh, four, four, four minutes ago, Sharks are my dark horses. Adam Piddick has got a very decent young squad who play decent football. Two minutes ago, that's it. I am out. Uh, so sorry, Craig. I hope you're still there. We hope to chat to you on this program Apologies, Craig. sometime Apologies. in the future. Also, uh, Fijian football is overseas saying that he he has a... Uh, some rumours that, that Joe Knowles has been contacted by Pacific clubs. So wow. that is that is very, very interesting. The specific but counts as in maybe New Zealand clubs? Maybe we're looking at... I don't know. That, maybe that's that's uh, maybe one to ask Fijian footballers overseas. Yeah. But anyway, I want to get back to another player who has been uh, electric in the last few weeks. Not just Joe Knowles, but the, Josh Pin, the J-Pin. <laughs> the J-Pin. Josh. Um, you mentioned him there. Oh, it's just so interesting because he, he took quite a while to sort of kick into gear, uh, having come down, I think, from Queensland. Queensland, Um, But he gets his first goal against uh, Bentley three weeks ago and then out of nowhere, scores against Oakley, assists as well for Kane Shepard, and then two assists as well in this game. I mean, he has made such a big difference. And you've gone from, at the start of the year, having a bit of difficulty, Kane Shepard sort of having to do it all himself. Now you've got a front three of Ellis, Shepard, and the J-Pin. That is... Very, very exciting. And they've really clicked into great form to, to see out the year. I mean, can you see them, you know, they've gotten into the six now. Can you see them pressing even higher than that, potentially? I think they will be a potential spoiler in the finals. Let me put it that way. I mean, a lot of it depends on the fitness of their key players. Uh, Ivan Franic uh, went off late with what looked like a hamstring injury. Mm. And I don't think they have an obvious replacement for him at right back in the squad. Not someone who does the same things that Ivan Franic does. Uh, and he takes a lot of the corners and set pieces for them, uh, Franic. So, I mean, we all know former soccer, he's going to be a big loss. Um, I think him shifting back to his natural position at right back, uh, as opposed to starting in midfield has been a big factor for them. Um, Cause he's, he provides, yeah, a lot of uh, good width on that, that side. And um, you know, he's just more comfortable there. Um, but yeah, having that, dynamic front three with Shepard dropping deep and then pin getting in behind Ellis being the playmaker on the ball. I think that's a a fabulous balance that they've struck now. So, you know, the the uh, number one rule of MPL Victoria is never count out George Katsakis's sides (laughs) and they might be hitting form at the right time. Um, Whether they'll be an actual title contender, I'm not sure, but in the finals, wouldn't necessarily want to play them, not if they're playing like this. I mean, they've beaten in this sort of run that they've gotten into now. They have beaten Oakley and South Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, mm. Josh, just about Melbourne Knights. I mean, they've had a very – I think it's been a very disappointing few seasons for Melbourne Knights in terms of where they would hope to be uh, at, with the, the stature of the club that they are. 
another loss, two losses in a row are off the back of beating South Melbourne a few weeks ago where, you know, it looked like a bit of green shoots for them. Uh, what did you take out of their performance? Because, I mean, they still scored twice. They showed enough fight to get back into the game. But defensively, again, they've brought themselves undone. Yeah, I think you said it there, Nick. Um, they've been very open at the back, um, especially in this match. Um, I, I spoke to a couple of the, the Knights guys afterwards and it was the sort of same old story. We play well, we lose, we play badly, we lose. It doesn't seem to matter. And they actually had, they actually played some really good football against Heidelberg, believe it or not. You know, they, they were completely outplayed in, I guess, the last 25 minutes of the first half and basically dug themselves a hole. But then in the second half, they lifted considerably. They got themselves back into the game. Luka uh, Celic, um, trying to get my Croatian C's oh, pronounced it. correctly on that one. Um, he, he, I think he's a fabulous footballer, um, very laconic in style and maybe doesn't necessarily suit the hustle and bustle of MPL Victoria, but um, classy player for sure. I like George Ott, who they've brought in recently, the Kiwi striker. Uh, he didn't have much in this game, didn't get much of a sniff, but you could just tell that he's got pedigree. Every time he got near the ball, he looked sharp and he's he's good in the air, very quick. He's, he's got all the tools, um, but I, I think they're lacking in midfield. Uh, Anthony Giselle's inconsistency um, and, you know, in and out with injuries over the last couple of years has been a big factor. I don't think Thierry Iridakunda has kicked on in the way that you'd hope, especially on the ball. He's always been a great tackler, uh, but what he does when he gets the ball is, is the issue sometimes. And Giselle, you know, he was a tale of two halves for him because he was absolutely anonymous in the first half, did not impact the game whatsoever, and Melbourne Knights were completely outplayed. He got on the ball loads in the second half, and played a beautiful through ball uh, in the lead up for um, Trevor Semakula to square it across for uh, for Knight's second goal. Um, it was an absolutely beautiful eye of the needle pass um, and was much better in the second 45 and, and the Knights looked rejuvenated. So, you know, he's kind of a bellwether for them sometimes. Um, yeah, I think they've there's little fit issues all over the park. There's signings that haven't worked out. Uh, Anthony Frangi and Fuki Ishibashi, I believe, have departed the yep. club. So, two big misses on those those two signings. Everyone thought Frangie was going to tear up the league and it just, you know, he hasn't settled. Um, so, yeah, a lot lots to think about for, for Steve Berbich, but uh, how much patience the club has with him because he's had a while in charge now is, is a big question.